Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Yes, it is. Rosie on the House to the rescue. Kind of feels like that's what we do a lot of the times. That's okay. That's why we're here. To be every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And we do that any number of ways. We do this radio show every Saturday morning, which we've been doing for 30 years. We uh, have a website, rosieonthehouse.com, where you shouldn't touch your home until you go to rosieonthehouse.com. You shouldn't let your neighbor touch their home until they go to rosieonthehouse.com. Keep you from making a lot of mistakes. Can also, one of the other things we do is we produce a home maintenance calendar that you can get for free. Uh, and it's filled with great information on things you can do on your house throughout the year. And, and we have Rosie certified screened providers uh, in Tucson, Pima County, in Pinal County, the Casa Grande area, of course, the Phoenix metro area, as well as you have a Pai Coconino County. Rosie certified contractors that are never going to steer you wrong or take advantage of you. That's why we say don't touch your home until you get to rosieonthehouse.com. We'll coach you through a project if you want to try and do it yourself, or we will get you a great referral that uh, will take great care of you to do the job for you. Now, I have a little follow-up. Last week, we covered quite a bit about lead and asbestos and i and and tim has a a, a a question on the floor that we weren't able to answer last hour tim i'm gonna get right to you buddy hang on tight real quick we'll, i'll get to you but in following up to last week the lead and asbestos show generated quite a bit of feedback um I, it wasn't my intent to scare anyone but it was my intent to inform you all that if you've got a remodeling contractor that's considering doing work at your home and they haven't talked to you about three things, lead, asbestos, and permits, then you have the wrong contractor. You're, you're interviewing the wrong guy or gal. Just by non-disclosure of those things, they're not doing you the service that you deserve. There's hardly anything you can do around your home without pulling a permit. And you need to know that your house is let you are protected from any lead and or asbestos that may be in your property. Got a lengthy email from a homeowner in the historic district of Phoenix who bought a home from a flipper. Uh, he can tell that the work was extremely substandard, went to the Phoenix Building Department and confirmed no permit was pulled, and is now wondering if, if the work is so shoddy and it wasn't done with a permit, what's my assurance they did or didn't do the lead and or asbestos abatement that this home is even currently safe? 
The home was built in the 20s. It has lead paint. It has asbestos. <laughs> when you do those assessments, is there any word that, you know, in the building department that's stored on file? Do you have to supply that when you're getting your permits that here's what our lead abatement is? Well, there is a pretty, you've got to be lead certified uh, to conduct the test and, and handle the material correctly. But my advice for this particular homeowner is uh, you're, you're kind of stuck, bud, because the seller obviously lied on their spuds report. Because one of the questions on the spuds report is, was any work done without a permit? And you verified no permit was pulled. I'd call the realtor that represented you. I'd call the realtor that represented the seller. And I would bring that to their attention. And I would start there. Um, I told Gary to get the sound effects for the soapbox. <laughs> I'm a pass. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Because uh, every time I go there, I get a call from the Arizona Department of Real Estate on uh, why I'm beating them up. But uh, I had my finger on the button. Yeah, I know you too. did. <laughs> I know. We're not going to go there. But uh, it it is it really is a certifiable shame that there are a few realtors, licensed realtors in the state of Arizona that do irresponsible, illegal flipping of homes. Um, they do it without a permit. They do it without licensed contractors. And then they pass the home off to you as a refurbished, remodeled home. And, and uh, people it's that really been one of my pet peeves for the last ten years. And people that cut corners doing it that way, they're cutting corners Every using, way. using products and, and finished surfaces. And I mean, it's just I, I, your uh, analogies that's the best. It's, it's lipstick on a pig. But that's, we've got Beth in Glendale, we've got well, Matt in Arcadia, but Tim was uh, holding yes. over from last hour, so we're going to get to him first at six oh two. Two seven seven five eight two seven. If you're just joining us, our toll free number is uh, the the internet machine phone demons are having fun with it. So just call the direct line six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. Tim, you've got a home with two air conditioning units, one on the north, one on the south, and the one on the south is getting ready to go bad. You're wondering, can I just go to one unit in the middle? Is that correct? No, well, uh, I, I think I'll keep the unit in the up in the north. But I was wondering, can I go with a split system? You know, where you you've sort of got the AC unit outside, and then you got the blower on the inside, and it's connected like with a hose instead of a big vent. What do you like a what, vacuum cleaner what hose? Do, what do you have right now, Tim? A roof-mounted single unit? I got two roof-mounted units, yeah, yeah, one at the north end, one at the south end. Well, you can certainly go with a split system, but just like you said, you're going to have to find a place to put the condenser. Right now, it's up on the roof, and you don't hear it. Locating it somewhere in the yard adjacent to the property, to the house, uh, does it, it is a, it is an, it's a noise source for sure. Uh, a split system generally is more efficient. Than a, than a roof mount system. Mm -hmm. But I would tell you to get to Rosie on the house. Look at the air conditioning contractors. Get a whole house energy audit mm -hmm. and go from there. 
Okay. Yeah, I've been meaning to do that, the old energy audit. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're looking to replace an air conditioning unit, it's a great, great time uh, to yeah. do that ahead of it. And it's, you know, $90, $99 for a whole house energy audit. And that uh, that's going to help you make that decision on what's best for the efficiency of the home and, and the cost effectiveness of and, and what equipment you're going to buy. Didn't Tim say that it was a gas furnace? Uh, no, no, we uh, we just uh, we that got was, the that was the call AC. from Tucson. Yeah, all electric. Well, yeah, it's all it, electric, so mm. I guess it's a heat pump in effect. Okay, well, it'll it'll take a site analysis by uh, a good contractor to determine that and kind of coach you all the way through it. My my gut hunch is going to tell them that you know shutting off that duct, reducting the new stuff, re- relocating something to the inside. The install cost to you're gonna retrofit lose. something to to that is is it's gonna be a, a, a labor intensive. You're gonna lose a closet because they've got to put the air handling unit somewhere. Uh, they can go a horizontal unit in the attic, uh, but I have I personally avoid those at all costs. Just because I feel sorry for the guys that have to service them. <laughs> That's that's a that's just pure sympathy. That's the only reason I avoid them. All right, from there, let's go down the line of the other folks that have been holding for quite a while. Let's go to Matt, calling from the Arcadia neighborhoods. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. How are you? Ah, super, fantabulous. Good. How can we help you? So we're doing a a lower house remodel about a 3,000 square foot lower end and we hired a contractor um, uh, first floor uh, remodel and hired a contractor that has uh, taken a lot of money from us done some really poor work and then ultimately left and kind of left us high and dry so we're going through the ROC to uh, try to reach a resolution on it um, but what we're finding is that the ROC uh, reclamation fund isn't going to cover. Um, I think they'll cover up to thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, we're in it for about one hundred and twenty-five uh, to one hundred and forty. Mm. And um, so, wondering like what our what our next move after the ROC oh, should be. Man. Well, um, if in fact they had an ROC license, there is a bonding company involved. Um, you could pursue the bonding company as well. Um, you trusted them, so you just let them get out way far ahead of you? Correct. Yeah. Um, and, and when you say they've disappeared, they're not responding to phone calls or, or coming back? or I mean, you well, may, so- the, the work in place, is it good and just not finished? Or is it bad no, the, stem the to stern? The in place was done poorly. The, uh, in the, uh, when they did the tile in the bathroom, they set it too low. So now the ring on the toilet sits too high. So we'll have a gap there. They put in the kitchen window without a header. They had to put it in five times before it was finally square. The panes still don't come out and there's no header. So they came and removed the, the stucco on the outside and kind of put a makeshift header in that really doesn't even support the the weight of the wall it sits on the window and you have did, uh, did, did, did they pull a permit 
he ultimately pulled a permit right before he said he pulled a permit, but he actually came out and posted it on the house the day before the ROC showed up for inspection. Oh, Matt, look, Matt, there's too many things here for me to cover on air. I started the top of the hour saying we rescue a lot of people and Matt and his family obviously need to be rescued because the, 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 the horrible part about this story is uh, at Rosie Wright Remodeling, uh, we've been asked to rescue people that are in your shape. But for, but for any reputable contractor to put their name on a job where the permit was pulled, apparently pulled late, no inspections were done, we've got to do demolition, expose everything. And it, 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 it's only going to get more painful from here. I'll call you during the week and come give you a little visit. Don't get your windows replaced until you get an education and a quote from the experts at Pella Windows. So we've got Adam Homer in. Your fiberglass product, in my opinion, it's the right window for Arizona. Explain that a little bit. Pella's got a patented process. Uh, they pultrude fiberglass through this dye. Uh, it's a matted material. So unlike a like the back of a shower enclosure, you know how it's random strands and yes, yes. pokey. Right, right. That's not what our windows look like. Uh, it looks like almost like a window screen mesh when it comes through and, and ready to uh, to put into the frame. And once it's all heat sealed and and made rigid, it goes through a powder coating process. So you can get a really nice looking window that's very strong, very durable. What matters is how you treat your doors and windows. They are the weakest link. Take the time to think through the right door and window. Fellas, two locations in Scottsdale and Tucson. Find them at rosieonthehouse.com under Certified Partners. All right, segment number two, time to cover our weekly to-do. We used to do it in the third segment. Recently, we moved it to the second segment uh, for a number of various reasons, but we just found it flowed better with the hour. If you follow along in your home maintenance calendar, you're looking at harboring pests this week. And it's ironic that uh, this came up because we just had a call a couple weeks ago from a gentleman, Southeast Valley, was looking to get rid of roof rats that started invading his neighborhood. And we had joked that, you know, when you're dealing with roof rats, it's like going to war. And when you go to war, you don't just bring the Air Force. You bring Marines. You bring the Army. You or you bring the Navy. You bring everybody. Well, we've got a, our local experts on the line, Blue Sky Pest Control. It's been a Rosie certified partner for over 10 years to talk about the tools the professionals use when they're dealing with roof rats. Curtis and Nate, good morning, gentlemen. How you doing, Romy? I'm not, I'm not sure we're, uh, we're all four or five uh, – types of the armed forces, but uh, I think we can help with roof rats a little bit. Well, what kind of arsenal do you bring? Well, with roof rats, first of all, they have become a, a lot bigger problem over the last decade, and they continue to do very well here in the Arizona climate. They came from Southeast Asia, um, introduced in the Arcadia in the 80s, and they've just basically been mushrooming in, in population sizes for probably like the last 15 to 20 years. So what we do is you have to take a, a multifaceted approach. And we, what we call that, it's an integrated pest management approach. And so 
you kind of have your traditional methods, which, which we use, which are trapping as well as the appropriate bait um, to help with the population. And then there's also things that people need to do as far as excluding places where they may enter in a structure where we also provide services to do that. And then we also focus on um, habitat and harvest modification. So there's things around homes that can make that a place that the, the rats like to be. For example, there can be food sources. Um, there can be places where they like to live and hide. And we just try to work with customers and identifying those and where, where they can to limit those. And when you're talking food sources, you know, a lot of people know about the problems. You had mentioned Arcadia, all the citrus. That seems to be a pretty popular food source for them. And obviously in the Southeast Valley, there's still a lot of orchards there that have been there for decades. Yeah, so citrus is a problem just because you have the different trees that are around um, as well where they like to be. So you have the food source along with the fact that they like to be in trees. And so but you're starting to find them in other neighborhoods as well. They don't have as much density of trees just because they start to kind of um, spread out and do well. And then it's a matter of just things that are around the home. I mean, they can like dog food. They can like trash if you don't have a, your trash list closed. Um, just anything that, that somebody would, would eat on. They can even, sometimes they like just different seeds and different things. So They're pretty flexible on what they eat too. I mean, we just saw a situation where it was like a tree with like an acorn little nut in it. And they, you could tell they'd been eating those and they loved those. Uh, other trees would have little small fruits and other olives or whatever, you know. So it's a variety of trees and whatnot. And, uh, and then they also are very, very uh, adept at finding food sources around your home. Like Nate referred to the trash, you know, and if, if the trash isn't have a tight lid or if it's not being, you know, sometimes just cleaning up the, the trash bin occasionally to get all the gunk off it, it reduces how attractive it is because they have very good scent and can, and have their sense of smell is really strong and doing all these different things to reduce your yard being attractive to roof rats and rodents um, is the first line of defense. Now we call them roof rats because they've been notorious about infesting attics, but you also said they like to spend time in trees. Do they ever build nests in trees or they're just in the trees foraging and they're sleeping in your attic? No, they'll, they'll also nest in trees. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they like to spend probably 80% of their time off the ground. Now they will come down onto the ground. Like sometimes if, if they have to come down to the ground to get somewhere else, they'll do that. Um, but they'll, they're also really have good balance. So like um, in areas where there's something like wires going from a lot of it's underground nowadays, but there's still places where there's power going to the roof. They can walk right across the power line. Or if trees are overhanging a roof, they don't even need to be touching for them to get on. Because if that tree is higher than the roof line, even if there's a couple foot gap, if it's higher than the roof line, they, they are known to be able to jump a pretty good distance. <laughs> that's creepy. Uh, so you had mentioned you know, your traditional methods. What else uh, do do the pros carry that help eradicate this problem? Uh, a couple weeks ago, somebody had called. Uh, we had references at the beginning of this segment. We said, "Well, you know, your, one of your tools could be getting a spade cat and turning them loose." Hey, 
if you just joined us during the news break, we're right in the middle of a conversation with Blue Sky Pest Control here at Rosie on the House covering our weekly to-do. Curtis and Nate from Blue Sky Pest Control. Nate, you were going to a point right as we were going to the break about, uh, you know, all the things you need to do to control the prolific roof rat. We, we would say that people need to be mindful that when they get into an area or neighborhood, the neighborhood's probably not going to eradicate them. So it just shows how important it is for a particular homeowner to do as much as they can at their home. And so I would just kind of summarize it in this way. It's like the first thing you want to do is you want to correctly identify what type of rodent you're dealing with. I mean, some rodents get misidentified all the time. Two, based upon the rodent type, then you can implement different tools to be able to take care of them. For example, with roof rats, we use stations, bait stations that actually are affixed into trees because that's where we know that they commonly go to. And so if you just have all your bait stations on the ground, then and snap traps on the ground, you may not do as good a job of controlling what you're actually dealing with. Then three is to making sure that you're you're choosing baits that are going to be the appropriate baits and baits that are also going to have not only effective against roof rats, but are not going to have, you know, secondary poisoning issues um, to a potential dog or even raptors. We're, we're very conscientious to hear um, of different types of eagles and, and owls that may eat the rodents once they've ingested a product, there are products that you can use to to really, really reduce any um, chances of that secondary poisoning happening. And then then third is like you have to be conscientious as far as looking at the home, as far as what's around the house. What can I do to take away the things that they may be attracted to? And that may be trimming back the the trees away from the, the roof line by six feet. Also picking up fallen fruit as well as picking fruit properly and quickly off of citrus trees, not leaving dog food out and what have you. And then the last step is to make sure that you're doing exclusion. If they're getting up into your attic, they're getting up into there some way. And we have tools and and services that allow to properly exclude those areas so they're not going to get back in. So once you take care of the roof rats, if they do come back because they're at your neighbor's house or the, the guy five doors down, they're going to come to your home and they're not going to find a food source and they're going to find it difficult to get in. So they're going to go potentially elsewhere. Now I have this thing running through my mind. There's something very familiar about this. This isn't the first time here at Rosie on the house. We've tackled head on an invasive non-indigenous species. The other one was a crawfish. And you look at that and you think, uh, what's so great about a crawfish? Well, our answer was turn it into a food source. Cajuns eat it all the time. Is there a walk recipe for the Asian roof rat? (laughs) (laughs) If we we turn this into a food source, we solve a lot of problems. I won't won't be eating any of that walk so that's a restaurant I'm not going to go to. Maybe the, in maybe, certain countries, yeah. actually in Southeast Asia, they serve it at restaurants. Oh, so if you're not in, up to eating your roof rats and you'd like some professional service, uh, Curtis, how do we get a hold of Blue Sky? You can call us at 480-635-8492, or you can find us on the web, blueskypest.com. And we service valley-wide, um, so we're, we're all, we cover every city throughout the Phoenix metro area. Well, I can verify that. Y'all service our house out in Whitman. I never thought I'd have regular pest control service, but we found a scorpion next to the baby's pen. Y'all have been there every uh, every other month since then, and that's got to be six years now. So uh, if you need pest control, you can find them at rosieonthehouse.com. Curtis, Nathan, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Romy.
Hey, thank you. Bon appetit. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm telling you, that did not surprise me at all. But we did have a texter, strangely enough, uh, within the last half hour wanting to know where the best Cajun food restaurant is, preferably the west side of Phoenix, because he doesn't feel like driving up to Satchmo's and Flagstaff today. Well, I will tell you, in Avondale, there's flavors of Louisiana. It's very good. That's the one. Very Mm -hmm. authentic. And then there's a new place that I stumbled across. It's not Cajun. But it's Louisiana barbecue. Have you fe- seen that JJ's Louisiana barbecue right on Glendale Avenue and about 56th Avenue right on the corner? It's really easy to miss. Um, the only reason I saw it, he had a smoker out front and the smell. I'm like, where is this coming from? I flipped around and uh, what what a what a fantastic guy, JJ uh, James. I don't remember his last name, but mountain of a man, you know. But just. Just the, the kindest of person, and you know he's making it out back. He personally brings it to you. It was a it was a great experience. So there you go. JJ's not exactly Cajun, but it's Louisiana barbecue. It had a nice kick, and he makes his own sauce. And I'm sitting there listening to the music. I'm trying to figure out what is this music, and I never identified the exact genre, but it was like a a cross pop rap. And I'm but every every single song was a gospel song. When you listen to the lyrics, they were all gospel songs. How nice is that? It well, was nice, low, low-key tune. It was, it was a great experience. So there you go. A couple places for you. Let's get to Beth, who's been holding for Good a while. Good morning. Good morning. Bless your heart. Thanks Good for morning. holding, Beth. That's okay. You're worth waiting for, honey. <laughs> <laughs> How can we help you? I have a three-car garage. I live right off of 71st and Glendale. The house is nine years old. My water heater is elevated onto a little lip, and it's out in my garage in the far back left corner as you face the house. I want to build an 8 by 8 room around that. I raise uh, German Shepherds, and I, they live in the house with me most of the time, but sometimes I just need them out of the house. But too hot most of the time here in the summer, so I thought, okay, well... I've got an exterior wall. There's a vent there. I can pop either a dog door in or a walkout door. That side yard is my dog run. How perfect is this? And then all of a sudden I thought, maybe I shouldn't be enclosing this water heater because it's gas. So that's my main question. Can I build a room around that safely? Uh, Beth, you can. Um, But... That vent is there for a reason. It's called fresh air makeup for the gas flame on your water heater. You've got to make sure that always has lots of fresh air feeding it. And to allow the vent to work uh, on the gas fumes out the exhaust. So is this something you want to try and tackle yourself? Uh, No, I'm going to hire somebody to do it because... I mean, I know the business end of a hammer, and I'm pretty good with stuff, but I know this is beyond my skill set. So uh, I'm going to hire somebody to just pop the door in for me and then kind of see how it goes as far as having the dogs have access to the side yard. And And then closer to the summer, then I'm going to basically just have to throw up two walls and, you know, an exterior door, an interior door. That way I can put them out in the garage, pop them into the dog room, you know, throw them into their crates, which, you know, they're working dogs, so they're used to that. Yeah. So the the biggest concern is making sure that gas water heater has all of the fresh air it's designed to. Uh, I believe from the cross streets you gave me, 
you actually are in Glendale, I'd get to the Glendale Building Department and just sit down, take a number, grab a chair. They'll call you up and just visit with them about what you want to do. And they'll kind of coach you through what the parameters have to be. Or, in fact, uh, you can get to rosieonthehouse.com, find a remodeler that works in your part of town. That's going to be TWD. Uh, and let them take care of it for you with all of the research and the permitting process. But yes, you you can enclose it. And my only thought is uh, German Shepherds are pretty big. You're going to want to make it fairly durable. But for replacing the water heater, don't make it the enclosure so tight that the plumber can't get in there and work. Uh, I would even possibly consider putting up walls in a panelized system that could be maybe unbolted and released to access the water heater when and if you ever need to replace it or once a year when you need to flush it. But yeah, you can get all that done. I'd, and then I'd be curious, what do you do with the dogs during the summer in the garage? Uh, I would tell you a three-car garage is an excellent application for a split system air conditioning, uh, a mini split. Mini split. And uh, that, that's where my dogs live in my garage in the summer uh, with a mini split and it costs me less to air condition the garage for the dogs than it does to run in a vap cooler for the dogs. So think about that as well. You also have a masonry home and you've got the foam insulation and you've got some outsulation on your roof. I mean, so you've got a very, very well insulated area. If it's a poorly insulated garage and you don't have an insulated garage door and you get a lot of heat exposure that cooling might be cheaper in that case maybe so maybe so take a look at how the garage is built hey while we're on the topic of west side contractors you know our our referral network is just about statewide we cover pima county and tucson and the southern arizona home builders association just finished their awards and induction banquet. And we've got lots of Rosie certified contractors and employees that were recognized. We've got accessible home remodeling that was recognized as the remodeler of the year. Nice. And Congratulations. Assur- Assurance Builders, who's been with us forever, was nominated for the same award. And just this year, Rosie on the House won Best of Arizona Contractor Referral Directory. Uh, West Coast Roofing won several. Uh, our own James Kreger was uh, uh, nominated as top sales producer. So congratulations, James. Jack Carruthers also rec- rec- was recognized from West Coast Roofing. And then Rebath of Tucson won several awards as well. So congratulations to all the Rosie certified partners in Pima County who went home Hardware laden from the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association Awards Banquet. Uh, again, we go through a lot of trouble. We talked to a man earlier this hour who hired a bad contractor, and I'm going to have to go meet him and see what guidance and direction I can give him on salvaging what sounds like could have been what essentially is going to end up being a $100,000 mistake. Uh, but we'll see what we can't do to help him. I'm not sure. Rosie Remodeling is going to be able to do anything for him, but I'll give him my experience on how he needs to proceed. 
And if, if y'all are considering a remodel and you're in the Arcadia or Scottsdale, Carefree, Cave Creek uh, area, and uh, I hope you'll call Rosie Wright Remodeling. Uh, we're not a real big company. Uh, we're kind of filled up with work right now. And I can promise you, if you call us, we won't be the cheapest. But I also promise you this. <laughs> You'll never have another remodeler ever walk on your property again. You won't have them disappear leaving a $100,000 mistake. I'm I'm proud to say that uh, in all the years I've had a licensed contract, that I've been the qualifying party, stretches on over 30 years, I've never had the registered contractors out on one job. Now, it's not a challenge to the impossible client out there. <laughs> just, just, well, just to clarify. Well, the, the registrar operates to workmanship standards. And I promise you, if anyone ever wanted to complain to the registrar to have them look at our work, the registrar would have to tell that homeowner, I'm sorry, buddy, but this so far exceeds our standards that uh, you haven't got a complaint. Well, speaking of that topic, you had mentioned earlier about having – uh, some dishonest, not all, some dishonest realtors that would flip a home without permitting and bad workmanship. And you said you would get calls. And guess what? <laughs> you got a call um, from a broker who said that there are some new regulations that have just been passed by the Arizona Department of Real Estate. And so I looked it up, and, and sure enough, July 19th of this past year, they did pass something. Now, it's all legal speak, and I haven't had time to completely... Um, go through it. But apparently they are cracking down on that a little bit and, ma- and demanding um, open transparency on those types of things. Um, he said they required registered contractors, but I don't see that in the writing. But we will do our due diligence and we will let you know. Well, if that's the case, I want to take part credit for that. I mean, we've met with the Arizona Real Estate Board. We've met with the registered contractors. And the whole time we were going through that great recession, I could see what was happening. And these flipped homes were being flipped in the most irresponsible, horrible way possible to unsuspecting homeowners. And the only way they could have gone through escrow was people lying on the spuds report. And that's obviously what happened to the man that texted us earlier this hour. Oh, yeah. John emailed, he was listening when we were talking last hour about, you know, you should be under 10 cents a kilowatt hour off peak. And he said, how can that be when I pay APS 11, per, 11 cents per kilowatt hour and off peak? Well, John, I'm not, you check your rate plan because I'm looking at APS's website and um, the Saver's Choice Max is 5 cents off peak. Then um, there's a Saver's Choice Plus and then there's a Saver's Choice and all, all of them are under 11 cents off peak. So yeah. you, you need to call APS and get, get your rate change plan. I don't, I don't have all the rates memorized, but 11 cents doesn't even sound right. Uh, it goes from a nickel off peak in Savers Max to about 24 cents mm-hmm. on peak. Uh, I think the standard rate, just flat all the way, I think it's even like at 14 or 15 yeah. cents. And so the... Super cooling, what we talk about is, is a game where you yeah, use all yeah. the electricity during off-peak, and then you try and shut your house down during on-peak. Let it sleep. And don't consume any power when it's $0.24, cents, 
a kilowatt hour and use all your power when it's five cents a kilowatt hour. Now, it's not always practical and on peak is three to eight right now. And, you know, we, we can't shut our house down at that time, but you try and use the majority of your air conditioning and your electricity. Well, I think we've got cheapest. too many callers on hold. We're not going to be able to get to all of them. So, but don't hang up because if, if you've made it in, we'll answer your question. Okay. We're going to have time for John calling from Tucson. Let's take John. Uh, and, and as we do that, uh, text Sun Devils if you'd like to go watch ASU take down the USC Trojans basketball team it's next Saturday, February 8th. Uh, text to 411923. Uh, just text Sun Devils. This is for Section B1, which is right behind uh, the hoop, slightly to the left, and it's Section 1, so you're up. So you're right above the college uh, section, which I hear is pretty obnoxious. I've never been, but they, they say that's, that's kind of like a... That's what makes it fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right, let's get to John real quick. Good morning, John. Hi, calling, from, calling from Tucson. How can we help you this morning real quick? Okay, I put a phone roof on 1985. Okay. And I need to change it out before it starts to leak. It doesn't leak now. And I have had four estimates um, for a new roof of, for shingles from, from 14000 to 8600 and then this last one, I have a fiberglass built-up roof with hot asphalt for seventy-eight sixty. Um, how good are the asphalt built-up asphalt versus okay. shingles? And you've got a foam roof now, so it's a fairly low pitch. Uh, fairly low. Uh, some of them say I can do shingles, uh, but not on the not on the porch or not on the patio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They have to do uh, build-up. Okay. Well, John, uh, those uh, fiberglass shingles uh, come by weight. Uh, the heavier they are, the more longer warranty you're going to get on it. Uh, if you've had roofers look at it, you can't put shingles on a low slope roof. There's a, there's a, you know, a, a minimum they can do. Uh, on low slope roofs, they have to install it under, over special paper, installed a special way. Uh, but I, I, I couldn't encourage you to do what I tell all Arizona homeowners to do. Go to rosieonthehouse.com, uh, click on the Certified Partner tab, type in Tucson as your area, type in roofing, and you'll get West Coast roofing, and you'll get Lions roofing. Have one of those two guys come out and take a look at it. They'll give you all the options. They can, they can install anything and get their guidance uh, before you proceed and that would be the best tip i could give you romy what are the takeaways from today's show one seven o'clock hour if you didn't hear it you got a podcast well or or if you want to know if somebody's patriotic or not you know that that's your test you can't make it throughout that without choking up thank you colonel thomas h kirk for joining us in the seven o'clock hour if you want to tear up with tears of patriotic uh heartfelt uh, emotion. You've got to podcast at 7 o'clock hour. 8 o'clock, we had Arizona Farm Bureau in uh, talking about Duncan Family Farms and all the things they were doing with fresh produce. Three o'clock hour, 9 o'clock hour, we talked about living with your homeowner association. And today we talked about rodents. And I don't think you convinced anybody that there's a roof rat sauce piquant in, in the near future. Not in this country, partner. Hey. So much for hot breakfast now. <laughs>
Next Saturday, our to-dos are light dimmers. We'll be talking trees in the 8 o'clock hour. And then you guys have a curb appeal as it relates to KBiz and what y'all learned in Vegas. Oh, yeah, baby. In the meantime, rosieonthehouse.com.